Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. Uh, we are uh, killing it today, by the way. I got my co-host here, Rio Verdenier. What's going on? Hey, guys. And uh, we got Nerds for Yang. We got Tom in the house. So this is like... Hello, nerds! Yes. Hello, <laughs> freaking nerds. Uh, Nerd power. Right? As, as is usual, we were having an awesome conversation before I hit record. So I just said, wait, wait, wait. Don't say anything more interesting. And so, so we're on now. Uh, so yeah, Tom, you were just asking us how we're doing. I mean, we're doing great. This this post Yang world doesn't require any patience at all. It's super easy. Everything's just <laughs> easy sailing, especially for a conservative and a and a and a blowhard uh, progressive hanging out together all the time. It's always smooth sailing. It's great. It's good. Well, there's no shortage of um, exciting, crazy shit from Trump, and then surprising turns of events from the uh, the Democratic primary. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's the nicest way of saying shit show. That's yeah. a, a lifelong Democrat. Looking at this now, it's like that. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's never dull. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine we're going to talk about the horse race. I mean, for us, for, for real, like the, the, the show is actually getting more popular now, which is exciting to see. We're still super excited to be uh, uh, promoting and giving a platform to anybody in the EBI caucus. Um, you know, we're still uh, targeting, talking about a, a bunch of uh, other things. I want to talk to Fair Vote for the for the ranked choice voting, all that kind of stuff. So everything we were for before, we're still for. Um, now, yeah. you know, it, it just gets a, a little bit dicier in context of specific, uh, uh, you know, near term politics. But you know, the 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 work is still a work. Absolutely, yeah. The policies and the ideas haven't changed since New Hampshire. For me, it's still. It's still hard to uh, <clears throat> to 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 get excited about the the field <laughs> without Yang in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just cast my vote for Biden yesterday, based on mm. nothing other than the fact that he is in second place in the delegates after South Carolina. <laughs> I, I'm basically never Bernie um, at this point, so I will enthusiastically volunteer for any candidate other than Bernie Sanders. I'll donate money to them, and I will vote a straight Democratic ticket if any candidate other than Bernie Sanders is the nominee. And mostly, mostly because I want to punish the Republican Party for being traitors. Really, is my only main motivation there. If um, in November, I would much rather. I was just versus, like, oh, what was that, Tom? If in November it was Bernie versus Trump, what would you do? I don't want to talk about that yet. Ooh, <sighs> really. Um, I, I will I will say this: If Sanders becomes president, then I will be putting my, all of my energy into making sure that he loses as much congressional power as possible for as many years as he is in the White House. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to mm. do that because I would really prefer to punish the Republicans, and I don't want to be in a situation where I have to punish both parties for. The, you have to understand the way I look at it is I see Trump and Sanders as um, allies in a war on liberalism. I think that it used to be that the establishment of both parties were more or less liberal, or at least within like the Overton window of liberalism that goes from classic liberal like me to social liberal like Corey. Mm -hmm. And Trump and Sanders are both insurgents who hold wildly illiberal, radical, un-American ideas that uh, need to be absolutely defeated and, and tossed into the bin of history. <laughs> so, but on a positive note, if anybody other than Sanders is the nominee, I'll probably be a Democrat for the rest of my life. But here, here's my long-term prediction, right? I think, I think mm -hmm. if, uh, I think if the Dems nominate a moderate or a conservative, 
um, then they're going to become the new conservative party. They're going to stand up for free trade and capitalism and liberal democracy and the rule of law and all of the things that I care about. And the Republicans will probably become like a national socialist lefty party. And they'll get a lot of like the more radical Bernie Sanders supporters down the road is what's going to happen. Whereas if the Democrats nominate Sanders, I think what will happen is whether Trump wins that particular head to head or not, as soon as he's out of office, the Republicans will recenter on classically liberal values after Trump and they'll become the defenders of capitalism against what will then be a socialist democratic party. So I'll be on the side of whichever party is capitalist. So I, uh, it's very, it's interesting to hear your thoughts on the, the party's evolutions and sort of where they're moving on the, the kind of continuum of uh, conservative to progressive. Mm-hmm. For me, no, God, no, don't say progressive. Socialists are not progressive. Okay, Com- conservative <laughs> to, so- to socialists. For me, it, it, it's still, uh, I, I kind of feel like, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could debate about that? I just want a basic, competent, rational, fact-driven, honest person of integrity in the Oval Office. That would be and, and like, I don't, I know there's a lot of people who are like, hey, you know what, when you look at Trump's policies, like he's done a lot of, uh, good things. If you sort of take the Trump out of the policies and you're just like, okay, hey, do we, should we negotiate harder on international trade agreements? Yes. You know, should we try and, uh, you know, take a, a thoughtful, balanced approach around regulation? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm up for all these things. But when the person that's advocating it is like undermining the country's faith in, um, you know, journalism, the faith in um, the, our own intelligence organizations. Yeah. And, you know, like now saying like, well, all the talk about coronavirus is a hoax. It's mm-hmm. like, come on. Like, this is just, uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff I would have imagined like Noriega or like Gaddafi yeah. to do, not yeah, the no. president of the United freaking States. <laughs> I completely agree, Tom. That's why I said like, I mean, and that that's that's where I'm at. You know, I'm I'm never Trump ex Republican. Literally left the party because that hey, guy's. Here's the thing: over. you're not never Trump. Yes, I am. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. Oh, you're you're never Trump. I thought we were going to talk to Tom today. <laughs> we we should. No, be it's like, gang up on Rio Day. <laughs> no, it's not gang up on Rio. You're making an ethical and moral mistake, and I'm never going to let it down. Like the, right. the the idea that your made up story about you know, like a total socialist takeover of the U.S. government being your fear, right? As opposed to Donald Trump, which is a clear and present and actual danger. It's insane to me. It's just insane. All right. I, 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 uh, I think that what we asked Tom to come on to talk about is how we come up, like, what, what, is the, what is the future of the Humanity First movement and how do we keep it moving forward? But uh, before we get to that, I, I have to respond to what Corey just said. Yes, oh, please. and I have one more comment about Trump, too. After, <laughs> but you go and then I'll go. Well, the thing is, we'll I, I agree with you guys, you know. I, if, if it becomes Sanders versus Trump, I will, I will I, <laughs> the nicest way of putting it is, I won't really be all that enthusiastic about Sanders winning. Um, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like, okay, so let's, let's play out, let's play it out. If S- Sanders is the nominee, um, what that's going to do, pe- there's, this common, there's this, this common mistake that people make, which is they think that 
you know, if one party goes, if one party goes really radical, then the other party needs to like center and that's just automatically going to happen. Right. So you would think that Trump going radical would make their democratic party say like, wow, we could invite all of these moderates into the party. All these never Trump Republicans can come into the party and we can become like this huge new coalition. But in reality, what's actually happening is the other party is, is going radical too. And it's going to become this, this very chaotic pendulum swing that's going to be very bad for our democracy. I mean, you talk about undermining faith in democratic institutions and um, undermining faith in, in journalism. Bernie Sanders does that all the time. That's part of what I mean when I say that they're both illiberal. I, I, right now, we have one party that has lost its goddamn mind, and I don't think it's good for the country if the other party does too. Um, I, you know, if, if Sanders beats Trump, it'll be great. It'll be great to see the, the, the Republican Party get an opportunity to recenter. But if Biden beats Trump, they will recenter. If Sanders beats Trump, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to say, like, boy, people really like this, like, rabble-rousing populist bullshit. I guess we just have to double and triple and quadruple down on that. And then we could be stuck in, like, dealing with just illiberal, two illiberal parties for a long time. I hope not. I mean, it, 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 that is not a good thing. Not to mention, like, the possibility of civil war. If you have two populists at the head of the two parties who are both saying, like, it's rigged, it's rigged, and the other side is the enemy, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, Sanders and Trump supporters are both already threatening, threatening violence right now. Don't get me wrong. I, like, that's why Biden is, or, or Bernie is close to the bottom of my list when I absolutely support him in 2016. It's just like, yeah. when, when looking at voting, if you have two things that look almost as bad as each other, one of them is way worse. Well, and I, and I, I think that long term, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess Sanders probably would be attacking intelligence agencies less. I have to give him credit for at least acknowledging that Russia is trying to help his campaign. Unlike Trump, which just says fake news, <laughs> right? That's bullshit. So Sanders yeah. wins on that one. Um, obviously, he's better on climate change. He would probably re-enter the Paris Agreement, which is a good thing, right? I'm just worried about what's going to happen to the party. I want. I, I think this country needs at least one party that is sane and centrist. Yeah. And in democracy, you have to compromise. And when you've got two parties, neither of which compromise with each other, that's just going to lead, you know, that's what actually leads to gridlock. Yeah. And then that's just going to make the populism worse because they're going to say, well, they're not getting Maybe. anything done. Well, you know why they're not getting anything done? Because the mob can't agree on what they want. Half of them are supporting a Nazi. Half of them are supporting a socialist. And, and, and then, you, like, what's going to happen? You know? It's really it's scary think, stuff. I think one of the key differences for why we feel so differently about this is that I actually trust the Democratic Party more than you do. Like, the, the, the idea that the Democratic Party would go, like, become the cowardly, psychophantic losers that the Republican parties, like, seem to eager to do. Um, here's looking at you, Marco Rubio, and freaking Ted Cruz. Like, that... The Democrats will eat their own. Like, we absolutely will, right? Has Rubio done that, too? I guess he has. Oh, 100%. I follow him on Twitter. The guy literally, like, there's no way I can do this without making a really, really uncouth sex joke, so I'm not going to do it. It's disgusting and gross. It It really is. I mean, I guess he did because, you know, Romney's the only person who actually, like, you know, voted against against Trump on that. Well, like, Joe Joe Walsh, and, like, (laughs) he left the party, too, right? Romney stayed a Republican. I share, I retweet Joe Walsh all the time right now. Like, this timeline is legitimately drunk. Tom, please break in to our brotherly <laughs> spat. I love you guys. I love you guys. And I would say just a couple things and then we'll talk about the humane first stuff. But on the Trump stuff, 
I think one thing that I believe is that Bernie in the Oval can be moderated by the Senate. You know, the, uh, the saucer of the Senate will cool the hot, you know, teacup of the, the Oval, let's say in this case. Whereas I do not believe that the Senate has any ability to contain Trump's sort of instincts and his erratic behavior. And I furthermore, I think if he were reelected, Trump would interpret that as a carte blanche to pretty much do whatever he wants. Because he'll say, hey, look, I did not get uh, removed from office. Only one, one, one Republican voted against me. It was always a, a, a witch hunt, blah, blah, blah. And now the American people have said it loud and clear. And so then what incentive does he have to kind of be responsible and thoughtful and act with high integrity. I mean, he, he at least now in the first term is worried about getting reelected, but a second term, it's sort of like senior year after you get into college, like you just let it all hang out. And that, I don't want to see that with Trump. I don't want to see Trump letting it all hang out because he already looks like a mess. I don't, I guess I don't, I don't believe that he's moderating his instincts at all and never, I don't believe he ever has. I think he's physically incapable of doing so. <laughs> all right. Well, then we just have four more years of like yeah. crazy deals with, with foreign powers. I mean, one out of five Republicans now considers Russia a friend or ally. Republicans, the, like the party of Reagan considers Russia a country that's been actively trying to undermine our democratic system, a friend or ally. Yeah. Like they might as well, you know, um, chant USSR. Why are they chanting USA at those rallies? I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw, I saw one guy was actually wearing a shirt that said something like, I, I'd, 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 I'd rather have like Russia than the Democrats or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is, I mean, they literally, they're, li they're literal traitors. They're literal traitors. Uh, so, Corey, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe the Democrats wouldn't. I mean, that's what people said about Trump. I mean, the, the Republican establishment fought him really hard right up until, you know, they couldn't anymore. Yeah. And then they bent over. I, yeah, no, I, it, it, again, the, the calling out the press, we're not going to put up with that. The, but I mean, when you look at the actual policy, I mean, we're putting up with it right now in the primary. Bernie Sanders does it all the time. He might as well say fake news. Well, and, and if you look at it, 65 to 70 percent of Democrats are calling him out everywhere. Yeah. Right. So that that's a thing. And I don't think that I don't think that would stop. Mm -hmm. But I look I look at the policy proposals that Bernie Sanders has, and those would get absolutely moderated. Otherwise, they're never going to get through a Democratic caucus. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we have the kinds of policies that actually made America the high, like uh, among the large, like, well, produced the large mi middle class in the history of the world, right? Like compromising with socialists has always done really, really well in the first world. When liberals are in power and they compromise with socialists in order to protect liberalism, it works out. Right. We've never seen like, a situation where actual socialists are in power. Well, I don't think Bernie I don't Sanders think that's okay. Socialist. I know you I think do. that's unacceptable. I, I know <laughs> you think he's an actual socialist. I just don't buy it. Well, then why in God's name does he call himself one? It's a shit branding. <laughs> We've talked about this a million times. Anyway, so let's talk about humanity. He's a socialist. He is. Yeah, I mean, no, you know. He is. He is. His policies, his policies are already somewhat moderated. But, you know, when you talk about, like, he's going to be moderated, that actually kind of pisses me off emotionally because mm. they killed Yang's campaign. I think that TYT and other left-wing propaganda outlets actually 
did much more unfair and dishonest coverage of Andrew Yang than the mainstream media did. So mm. I think Yang gang should be more mad about TYT than they are about CNN. Um, but like, that's what, that's how they killed his campaign. They said, well, Yang wants to have a public option instead of single payer, right? Well, yeah. as soon as Yang drops out, AOC starts saying like, oh, it would be fine if we got a public option as a compromise. But so like that was literally just a line they used to kill our ability to get a universal basic income. I, I think that's seriously fucked up and I don't want to see those people victorious. I want to see them smashed. <laughs> right. But uh, if you had like, um, I don't see TYT, they're not in the Senate, you know, they're, they're going to say what they're going to say. But I generally find the Senate to be a little bit more of a generally thoughtful place. And are you worried that if Bernie were in there and he tried to take over means of production, <laughs> that the Senate would just be like, sure? No, no, I'm not. I'm actually open to being persuaded. Uh, the, here's the thing. Let's see if he actually is the nominee, because right now, Biden and Sanders are really close in terms of delegates. True. It's very likely going to be a brokered convention. Let's see who the actual nominee is, and then we'll have this conversation about whether we should vote for Bernie Sanders or, or I don't know, a, you know, the Libertarian Party. <laughs> so Trump. We can have that conversation. No, like the math, the math on nominee. this is deeply unforgiving. No, right now, right now, we need to focus on nominating the right person. Let's focus on that. Fair enough. All right. So what do you guys think about like a Biden-Yang ticket? I think that'd be awesome, personally. I have, I have, I love Biden. I love his heart. I love his, um, his, his record of service and the hardship and like how he's really, he's really gone through a lot. Uh, like the opposite of Buttigieg, who I feel like is still in the early part of his life, right? Um, but I do feel like Biden's um, energy level, his clarity of thinking, his ability to, you know, have the stamina to go 12 rounds with Trump and then be president for four years. I, I really have concerns. I mean, it is um, it's a hard job. It, it really ages people who go in like in their 40s and they come out looking like they're in their 60s. <laughs> it's not aging Trump. But let's be honest, that's because he's not doing the job. Well, and chemistry, the guy's snorting Adderall like it's freaking, you know, coffee in the morning. <laughs> is he? Is he? Oh, 100%. I, like, do honestly, I, know I think that he's just spending all of his no, time golfing. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, remember when, when, Trump, when Obama was president and Trump kept criticizing Obama for golfing so yeah, much? Yeah, sure Trump do. is golfing like 10 times as much, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess Trump doesn't really, um, he doesn't sort of dwell into the nuance and the details and the difficult trade-offs. And he doesn't, he doesn't sort of go through the intellectual torture of making hard decisions. He's very, like, seat of his pants like i just want to do this and so maybe that is in a way has been helpful for him to control his stress yeah. but i as a citizen i want our president to be laboring over these decisions and you don't just go and um you know escalate things with syria or move the freaking embassy or pull out of a climate change agreement or on and on and on or start a trade war like you have to, or, or do a, a meeting with the, the leader of North Korea. Like, you don't make those decisions in a couple of days. In he doesn't opinion. even read his briefs, right? 
They would yeah, have like, to bring yeah. him to him like children's books with like yeah. illustrations of little like dinosaurs and stuff in order to get him to pay attention. <laughs> to add one more, you know, uh, uh, recent example, you don't get up and fucking lie about uh, uh, a pandemic that is currently about to hit yeah. the United States. Yeah, because you're worried it's going to make you look bad. It's always about him. It's like the same That's thing exactly with Russia. Him. It's like Russia is not. I think he looks at it as like, well, this is going to make me look less legitimate as a president. And it's like, dude, it's not always about you. Like, it is about the country and our system for picking leaders. Um, at any rate, a back, he's like a, he's like a magnet. We cannot, he's like a freaking, it's so hard not to talk about him. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, but for Biden, I just don't, I never thought he was a thoroughbred racehorse when he was, you know, 10, 15 years ago like the second or third time he was running for president. And I don't feel like he's stronger today. Although I will say the last debate and then the victory speech were encouraging. So maybe he's got a better sleep regimen or I don't know. He seems a little bit more spunky, but you compare him to even, and it's not an ageist thing. Like Bernie's old too, but Bernie seems to have some fire in the belly. Um, and he's he's he can hold you know stand up to some attacks and like the last debate, Biden wasn't the center of a lot of attention, and I, I'll be interested to see yeah. you know how well, he does. The econ the economists put it well. They they said that um, Sanders has always preferred shouting to legislating. <laughs> well, at least at least Sanders has the energy to like. <laughs> You know, argue his position in a pretty clear way. Like you may not agree with him, but mm -hmm. you know where he's coming from. Yeah. Where sometimes when Biden's talking, you know, he takes you on this journey and you're like, you're wandering around the park and you're like, where are we going, man? Like, just break it down into three parts for me and summarize it. Yeah. Um, so so to, to answer your question, as a supporter of Andrew Yang and um, assuming that Biden is the, the, the one that probably has the best relationship with Yang, which is what I hear, then a President uh, Biden is great for, for, I think, the Yang gang. And I think yeah. whether it's a VP slot or a cabinet slot, it positions us very nicely for 2024. And I don't see Biden being president for four years and then trying to go for a second term. He said explicitly he would retire after the first one. Right. Which is so, yeah. so, so, so Biden Yang like a, is literally a laying, laying Yang up an for, on for 2024. Yeah, for it, it really, it really is. That would be, that would be an amazing outcome for sure. Well, like, and people like to point out that vice presidents don't often actually win, but that's a very different situation when you have a much younger um, vice president who, and you have the president step down and not run for re-election and basically just tee up the VP for, for, for election. I mean, that's, <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> it would be. If, if, so if I knew for sure that Biden would compete well in the general and defeat Trump, then I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, well, he's not going to do anything terrible in the first four years and then Yang can, can kind of rise to the occasion. Can I make a case for that? Because, <clears throat> um, so, you know, people like to point out that right now, you know, most of the Democrats are sort of beating Trump. It, um, their lead breaks down when you look at swing states, um, where the heads to heads and swing states are not looking so great. Um, the person who I have seen get the highest lead over Trump in key swing states has been Biden, but that's mm -hmm. not consistent. It depends, it depends on the poll. But here's what's so cool about Biden. 
his dirty laundry is already out there. He's been in the public eye a really long time. Um, you know, we already, we, we impeached Trump over his, his, his attempts to get um, Biden's uh, dirty laundry around the, his son in the Ukraine out there. So that's already out there. Whereas like Sanders is, Sanders is, um, has also been a politician a long time, but <laughs> running as a senator um, people didn't really have to go after him. And the, the, the Fox News is actually being super nice to him right now. And I think part of the reason they're doing that is because they've got all of this oppo research that they're going to save up until it's actually the general election. And the Democrats won't go after Sanders like they did Bloomberg. I mean, Corey, you've got to at least agree with this, right? Trial by fire, you say, right? They should be going after Sanders with if, all of the worst right. oppo research they can possibly find now. Right. So I don't believe I don't believe how do, I'll put it this way. Statistically speaking, as a matter of probability, as a matter of probability, I think that the odds that, um, you know, a billion or two billion dollars spent um, a negative ads on Sanders are going to do a lot more damage than the same on Biden. Uh, OK, that last statement taking like by itself, I, I think you you might have a case for that, except that they've been laying the groundwork to do the whole lock him up chant with Biden for a year and a half. So I'm not 100% sure that that's accurate. Everything else before- I think it'll go over well. It doesn't have the same misogynistic veal, you know? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, but that's, that's what they've been doing. Um, the, the oppo research that everybody has on Bernie, they've already put out. They're not hiding anything, right? Like the, the only thing they have is that, you know, they can say, yeah, fuck it, I'm a socialist and do that over and over again. And I, and I totally get that that's giving ammunition to the- already utterly shitty argument the Republicans have been using for the last 70 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it might give them an edge on that. But I mean, Bernie's popular enough that he, you know, and in polls, it's not like yeah. that isn't factored into any of the polls, right? So like, like that, mm -hmm. that, that might not land. Um, yeah, there's also, I've considered very seriously. The whole hidden oppo right. research thing, I don't buy. Yeah. Like, they, it, I'm listening right. to Nicole Wallace, who's kind of like, like you, except she's an actual never-Trumper. I love you. Um, <clears throat> uh yeah, everybody was saying the second that he won Nevada, like if you have anything on Bernie Sanders, you have to put it out now. You have to put it out now. We were hearing about secret troves of anti-Bernie Sanders stuff in 2015, 2016. It just doesn't, it's just not there, right? He wrote He wrote a story once talking about uh, how women have rape fantasies, only when you look at it in context. Oh, yeah, that's not like, what I'm talking no, about. But, but that's yeah. the thing. That's all there is, right? Like now, you know, has, has he said nice things about, uh, uh, you know, what's his face in Q or whatever? Yeah, he did last week, right? But it, when you listen to the whole thing in context, it's like, well, is it great? No, but it, like, it's not irrational. Oh boy. Okay. Um, let's see what, here. What about the <laughs> the Trump Biden presidential debates? Like, oh, oh Trump isn't even going to participate in the debates, right? I'm pretty sure he's not going to do it. He might I, if it's Biden. I could see him beating Biden like a drum. And Biden getting confused and having like loss of memory and, and using the wrong names for things and well, just getting confused. That and, could go both ways and just be the ultra shit show of the century. Well, except Trump's a lot better at covering it up. Actually, yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. That is a right. concern. Yeah, that's a concern that I have. Yang Pence would be really fun to watch, though. Oh, my God. Oh. All my <laughs> By the way, when, 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 Trump, offered, when Trump wow. offered Pence the VP slot, um, they like he was. It, it was hard for him to get people to agree to BVP because <laughs> he was still very unpopular in the party at that time. And they they basically told Pence that he would be in charge of domestic and foreign policy. 
Um, and and, and then Pence's guy said, all right, what's Trump going to be in charge of? And the answer was making America great again. There you go. So the idea is Trump all along is just, he's just the face of the administration. He absolutely is not doing the job. That is why he's not aging. He is not really the president. <laughs> he's yeah, just- I wish I could believe that. Steve, Stephen Miller called and a bunch of kids in cages would like to disabuse you of that notion. That wasn't no, Mike, I mean, like, Trump, that wasn't Trump, Mike Pence. Trump, Trump says things as the face of the White House that then the administration has to scramble to make happen. But, or, or deny. That's totally, <laughs> yeah, that's totally yeah. true. It's but really chaotic. Also- it's, like, it's, like, it's like if you, if everybody's, done, everybody's had a job where you have a completely incompetent boss, but because the boss's boss likes him for whatever reason, you can't do anything about it. And, and everybody knows that what the boss just said to do is stupid, but you have to do it because he's the boss. And so you do it for a little while. You shift some papers around because the boss is saying to do it. And then as soon as he turns his back and goes back to playing golf, which is what he does with 90% of his time, you guys say like, all right, let's get back to actually running this thing properly. <laughs> Except for the fact that Trump does appoint his cabinet and he has surrounded himself yeah. with mediocre talent. Oh, yeah, no, he started out with, like, C-grade talent, and now he's down to, like, F-minus talent. I was going to say, <laughs> mediocre talent is the most generous thing that's been uttered. Yeah. He surrounds himself with criminals, literally. Yeah, I mean, I never... I, I, has there ever been an administration with, with it, as many people who were arrested, ever? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he so. Might, he might have set a record there. But, like, you know, there was a time, whether you agree with them or not, there were some, there were some serious-minded people, like, you know, Tillerson or Kelly or mm-hmm. Matt, Mattis, mm-hmm. um, Cone. These are some serious, like, um, pretty smart, capable people mm-hmm. who um, would not just sort of roll over for some crazy request from the president. Yeah, the it's deep state. But they weren't even the deep state. They were outside the deep state. They just weren't idiots. And again, like, well, no, but, but that's the thing. But like, Trump supporters, like, that their definition of the of a rhino or a deep state person is anybody who doesn't agree with Trump one hundred percent about everything. That's that's, that's their true. standard. And you try to remind them that, okay, well, isn't it on Trump since he actually appointed these people? We're talking about people in his own administration. He chose to hire, and they'll say like, oh, well, yeah, but they they betrayed him. They betrayed Trump. And and of course, in in classic strongman style. Trump is e- equated with the country, right? Which, by the way, you'll also kind of see happening with Bernie Sanders' style of populism. If you're not on Bernie Sanders' side, then you're an enemy of the people. It's the same exact um, mentality. Um, okay, so Biden Yang would be great. What, and I, I don't know. I'm, I have mixed feelings about Bloomberg because I have a feeling... Corey and I were talking about it before we, we came on the air. I have a feeling that Bloomberg is basically the reason Sanders is winning, which makes me a little bit upset. Because <laughs> he's, taking, he's taking voters away from Biden and oh. letting Sanders run away with it. Well, I think Biden's giving away his voters because he looks so weak. I mean, That's true, but Carolina. if Sanders wins, the outcome's the same, right? <laughs> well, yeah, true. Um, I kind of I, I I'll be a I'll be the uh, a contrarian. I I I'm okay with Bloomberg. I'm oh very, I, I I'm uh, very okay with Bloomberg. I'm just worried that he's dividing the moderate vote and letting the socialist guy win. Mm, well, I would say the party is probably has moved towards Bernie more than it has um, moved. Like look at 
Medicare for all, Green New Deal, AOC, like these are that these are sort of the that's where the energy in the party is. And the moderates don't have it. I mean, like, I think that's where the base is, right? Because like Sanders is not getting a majority. the energy, though, like if you look where all the fire is, never mind the policy, you look where all the fire is, that's where it is. But doesn't like Bloomberg support Medicare for all? He does. Doesn't he have great, like, is, won't he be good on climate change? Absolutely. He, he would on that, but he doesn't support Medicare for all. He yes, he does. Do, like, it's one of his policy platforms. Okay. It's on his platform. He's, he's for single payer? No, he's not oh. for single payer, but neither is Bernie Sanders. Nobody is because it's not going to fucking happen. We just I, talked about dude, that. Dude, I, I know. Don't <laughs> yell at me. I'm fucking sensitive. He's for Medicare for all. By the way, Medicare exists in conjunction with private insurance. So, I'm aware. So renaming, I know, but I'm just saying like to, 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 to play that game, which really upsets me, where they say like, unless you support Sanders' version of Medicare for all, you don't support Medicare for all. I think that's intellectually dishonest. Yeah. Well, we went through anybody this who game. supports expanding Medicare so that it's available to everybody supports Medicare for all by definition. That's what that word means. I'm cool with it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that <laughs> made me like, upset. What the, I think know, it's because I, I'm triggered, man. I've got OCD from all of those Bernie Bolsheviks saying that Yang didn't support Medicare for all. No, I, he that's, did. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. I haven't looked at. I haven't looked at Bloomberg's thing. They, they, my uh, whole, I'm, I'm on Bloomberg's health coverage plan page right now. Okay. He is for a Medicare-like public insurance option, expansion of the Affordable Care Act, capped, uh, capped health care prices, lower drug costs, uh, more access in rural. So he's not for single payer. That would be um, a very big improvement from the progressive That's the thing. Like The and whole idea. all that Sanders is going to accomplish anyway. That's exactly right. it, right? And I think the, the best thing you can say about Bernie Sanders is him being so far towards single payer means that everybody else in the Democratic Party is suddenly for what I was for in 2008, which is a public option. I mean, this is working. Like that, you know, from, from you know, the, it, the, the socialist is scaring everyone into going for what they should have done 10 years ago. As long as it doesn't backfire and kill our ability to get it, just like the Democrats did with UBI last time around by making the perfect the enemy of the good, which is a real serious problem. Let Fucking me just say this valid about- point. Let me say this about Bloomberg. If if Biden hadn't had such a big night in South Carolina, we would be talking about Bloomberg being the hope of the moderate wing. Sure. I, I the, was a couple of weeks ago until I started looking at the polls for Super Tuesday states, and he's not doing that mm-hmm. well. Warren is well, in second in California. So do you guys think – so what do you guys think is going to happen with our buddy uh, Biden and Super Tuesday? You think this is – this South Carolina outcome is going to – We're going to have egg on our face no matter what we say like two days from now. I'm cool with it. I mean, seriously, I've been telling – and I, I, I put a tweet out today. Like I've, I've, been, I've been shitting on Biden for so long that I might end up eating a ton of crow. But if he hires Yang, then it doesn't matter. I'll fucking eat it. That's totally fine. Um, So, I mean, here's what we know. The amount of spending that, uh, like, the number of uh, Super Tuesday states where Biden has ads up is zero. It's zero. That's insane, right? Now, I don't know if he's spending money on on targeted Facebook ads or whether it's the, you know, because he had a big haul in January, apparently, whether that's going to debt. I don't know where his money's going. Um, But it's not to ads in any of the Super Tuesday states. Now, huge win in South Carolina. The media, I think I put it to my dear friend Rio, uh, 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 you know, on our message thread yesterday, that the mainstream media is just desperate to jump on his dick, and they will. And so, you know, th- that earned media could propel him to end the name recognition and how he's been doing in the polls. He could come in, you know, a decent enough second 
that then they could start to maybe try and be strategic and a lot more people drop out and maybe gets the, the, the idea of the race. But he's not up in any Super Tuesday states at all. The ads are pretty much all – well, in California, the ads are pretty much all Bloomberg and Steyer and a little bit Trump here and there. Right. So but I, not even actually that much Trump. It's more like – it's more like it's, – it's really funny to watch Republicans, like, um, both trying to – like, Republicans in the primary for Congress and whatnot, right, are, are smearing their primary opponent by saying, this person betrayed Trump. And Trump likes me. And then the next ad is the other guy saying, this person betrayed Trump and Trump really? likes me. It's quite amusing to watch. But it's like 90% Bloomberg ads and 10% Steyer ads. And I think the Steyer ads are going to stop now that he dropped out. Right. Yeah. So And like Bloomberg, I mean, I, I thought he had a shot for Super Tuesday because, I mean, blanket coverage is blanket coverage. Um, but the polling hasn't really moved to suggest that that uh, is going to happen. Um, and it really looks like the only thing he's going to do is make sure that Biden doesn't win. That's my concern. Mm. And now granted, like, let's, we'll see. Right. Cause I, I, I for sure. So I, I, I want to hear, I want to hear the numbers guys take. On right. The yeah, race. exactly. What <laughs> shows the data. You're, you, you've got the data, man. We, 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 we speculate about the data, but you, you bring, you bring. Well, the hard I mean, I'm looking at the same numbers that you guys are looking at. So like, I mean, when you look at California, you have Sanders 34, Biden 13 and Bloomberg 10. Even if you said Bloomberg was taking all of Biden's, that would just take Biden to 23. Oh, that's I mean, a better poll for Biden than the one that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. The one I saw had him at eight and Bloomberg at 12. Uh, and- you got Texas, uh, Sanders at 29, Biden 20. Okay, Bloomberg 20. So there's the case where if Bloomberg gave up all of his to Biden and Warren gave up all of hers to Sanders, you'd basically have a tie. And that's true, I, but that, we can't assume all of Warren's people would go to Sanders. I don't think that's the, I really don't think that's the case yeah. anymore. I think but he's already taken pretty much everything he can from Warren. Are you, but you may not also want to assume that all of Bloomberg people would go to, um, not necessarily to Biden, Biden right? but they're sure as hell not going to go to Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have to sign off on that. So another um, big state is North Carolina. Uh, that's where Biden's actually leading. That's where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, when I, but California is where it's like 400 delegates or something, right? It's like, it's a, it's it's, a huge pop prize a to win. Yeah. That's where Sanders is crushing it. Yeah. That's a problem. He's three X. California Biden. was the reason that he lost um, to Clinton last time. Um, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a later state and yeah. they were pretty close and, and, Clinton ran away with it in California. I'm kind of surprised. Well, no, I'm really not though. Like, cause by, if you think about it, Sanders is going, according to the polls, he's going to get fewer Californians voting for him this time than last time. The only difference is it's a wider field, right? Literally. Right. So like, I mean, if, if the moderates had all dropped out, but one, I, I think he would have, he would have lost California probably 70, 30. And whose fault is that? I would say that it's Biden's fault for being a weak moderate. And honestly, that was it was. I like fault Bloomberg too. too. I do. I like I like Bloomberg personally. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I think that he would be a terrific president. He has the experience, um, you know, and he has he has the real money business to man. actually defeat Trump. Unfortunately, we have these stupid regulations on campaign finance that mean that it's harder for him to fund somebody else. And legally, he's kind of forced to, to, to put the money behind himself. That's actually a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, 
let's play this out. Let's say most likely on Super Tuesday, uh, it's not going to be this landslide for Biden such that Bernie goes away, right? And it Definitely may not, not be, it may not be a strong enough win across the board for Bernie that Biden goes away. Now we go into Milwaukee, <laughs> and like you know, maybe Bernie has like thirty high thirty percent of Democrat of, of delegates. And, you know, Biden has like 30-ish, but a bunch of moderates say like, okay, we'll, we'll all coalesce around. Mm-hmm. I could see the Bernie supporters being kind of pissed if the, the guy with the most delegates doesn't get the nomination. Well, I that's looking like the most like, likely outcome, in my opinion. And I think Sanders has done, ev- he's done absolutely everything that he can to ensure that the party will try to stop him because he's done nothing but attack the party the entire time. Right. I mean, he is and, not a bridge builder. He is a bridge burner. And that's okay. the reason, so that's then, the number one reason he won't get anything done in Washington. So then now what happens in November with nominee Biden and a bunch of Bernie bros and supporters who are just livid and just saying, you know what? Screw this whole system. Blow the, blow the whole thing up. Uh, we're staying home, you know, enjoy your next four years of Trump. That, that makes exactly perfect sense to me because they would prefer Trump over any of the establishment Democrats because Trump is very similar to Sanders. Trump and Sanders are more like each other than either of them are like any of the establishment. So if you want to optimize for no Trump, then you got to go for Bernie. You know, I don't know. I mean, like uh, assuming, assuming that the Democratic Party actually stands up to, to Sanders, um, you know, the, 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 real da- the real danger there is... The reason the, the greatest danger to populist rhetoric is just by just by the words that they say, even if they don't do anything else, they undermine public faith in the democratic process and and um, it, you know uh, the media, um, which both Trump and Sanders do. And so, w- what's going to happen when you have you go from one guy who says the reason I can't get my agenda done is because of the crooked elites in Washington, when in reality it's because he's a totally incompetent person who's incapable of building a coalition or doing anything. And even when he has a party that's bending over for him, he still can't get anything done. That's, I mean, Trump is the worst president, man. Okay, and then you go from that, you go, you go to Sanders, another guy who's saying, the reason I can't get anything done is because the crooks in Washington won't let me get it done. Meanwhile, it's because he's burned all of the bridges and isn't willing to compromise one bit. Um, I think that the, the public is not going to respond well to that. You know, I, I, I've, seen, I've seen Bernie Sanders supporters um, actually say, like, if Bernie gets in there and he isn't able to pass everything that he says he's going to do, then I hope China just comes and, like, invades us. <laughs> I mean, these people are lunatics, man. I'm telling I, you. I also feel like, like, I feel like the most unbelievable, ridiculous, like actual communist, socialist a holes in the Bernie Sanders camp, like gravitate to Rio's Twitter feed. Like, oh, they, they do. Just, they do. They just show I, up there because like, well, you're the like, enemy. I validate them in a way because I, I, I give attention to them, right? Well, and they're like, and, yeah, he's the bad. He's the villain. Yeah, let's go. You let's play, you play the entitled rich guy super well on Twitter. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, you know. Okay. Um, so what, what about, okay, so who could Bernie Sanders get as a VP pick? Like my first thought, because I want to, I want to get your guys' take on this, but like, because I agree about the burning bridges thing. I think that I think that's a really valid criticism. Um, you know, while he actually had uh, the the veterans bill that that Trump brags about passing all the time, veterans choice, that was actually a Bernie Sanders McCain bill, right? So it's not like he hasn't accomplished anything, but it's not like he's a master legislator. 
Although apparently he's like really good at amendments or whatever. So like, if, you know, there's some things that he's done in the Senate. Why do you think Abrams? Let's start with that. Oh, well, Abrams is different. Like I'm in, in, in uh, um, but I wonder if Klobuchar wouldn't be the, the one to do it. Oh, with, 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 that's right. You said specifically with Bernie. Like I, I like Abrams Bernie, for a whole yeah. lot of other reasons. And I think she would probably be more, more suited to, to, to Biden, but we can, we can dig into Klobuchar would help, would help Sanders. It would help right? to like, like alleviate just, the concerns of some moderates. I think like, like the Democratic Party needs to be thinking unity ticket, no matter what, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if Bernie wins, Bernie loses, whatever, whatever, whatever. Either way, like, you know, if you want to have a brokered convention, fine. Those are the rules that Bernie Sanders fucking signed off on. Yeah, Corey, could you defend the concept of a brokered convention? And, yeah, and absolutely. All, because, I mean, I, I think I have a feeling, I don't know whether our listeners are among these people, but on Twitter, I see a lot of people who yeah. seem to think that just following the rules is somehow the same thing as breaking the rules. So l- let me describe ranked choice voting first, because I think it's an important context, because we're all for ranked choice voting. If you're not yet, fucking figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Um, the whole point behind ranked choice voting is that Everybody votes for, for their heart, their true heart. None of this uh, being strategic and none, none, none of that shit. You vote for who you actually want at the top of the ticket, right? And then you rank everybody else uh, by how much you would like them to be in. So if Yang, you know, is, is on there and doesn't win, um, you know, maybe Yang is everyone's second choice, right? So, so it, it redounds to, uh, to that and then Yang is the actual nominee. So with a brokered convention, what you have is the desire to make sure that in, in the party, right. in the, where you're doing this primary, the, the, the person who is the, mo- the, like the, basically the most favorite of the most people, not necessarily the absolute favorite, but most favored by the most people will actually win. So how this works at, you know, is if you don't get over 51% of the delegates, um, then, you know, it has the capacity to go to this brokered convention where, all of the delegates that, you know, we keep talking about delegate uh, uh, numbers, right? All the delegates from all the states for all the different candidates can basically go into this situation where they can do success, uh, successive rounds. What is the second choice for the, 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 you know, Warren coalition, for example? So all of Warren's delegates could vote for Bernie Sanders. And I'll tell you this right now, in 2015, 2016, Bernie was totally fucking for a brokered convention. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, right. no, he would have loved it if they had handed it to him, even though Clinton got more votes. But so in this, in this, he's thing, a like, hypocrite. It, he really is. It, 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 honestly, Clinton would have been the same way. So let's not get it twisted, right? Like that, you know. Yeah, it, but Clinton wasn't saying I'm against the rules. <laughs> no, but let's face facts. If 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 this was the other way around, every single politician has has a bias towards doing this kind of thing. Now, do I think Yang would? Fucking no, because he's awesome. Anyway, so like the how this would work is, let's say you know Bernie slides in with like 33 percent, you know, of of the like a really low but still a plurality. He's got the most delegates, but it's a really, really low number. If you're looking at the entire Democratic Party, and you know, if you're a Bernie supporter, you're, you're in the Democratic Party. Suck it up, right? We're a big tent. It's annoying. You have to hang out with people you don't necessarily agree with all the time, but you don't get to argue whether or not that is true, right? That is a thing that exists. So coming in with 30%, 33%, whatever it is, you have to try and figure out how to make a unity ticket because there's, there's you know, a bunch of centrist Democrats that just fundamentally don't agree with you. And that's a thing that's allowed. Welcome to politics, right? So in this brokered convention, you have all the different delegates that are then allowed to pick the candidate that the most people want, like everybody's second choice, right? So let's say in this case, Biden comes in with 
you know, 25% of the vote or whatever. If only Buttigieg supporters decided to throw all of their support behind Biden, then Biden's the nominee. Right? A majority this, coalition is better than a plurality. I, that's, I that's personally that. believe that that's the case. Um, and, and it doesn't matter what I believe. Those are the rules the DNC set out that Bernie Sanders helped to write. Well, and if so, you support ranked choice well, voting, would, it's literally just ranked choice voting. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it, Now, it's delegate <laughs> I mean, sort of elitist ranked choice voting, but still, same thing. Oh, shit. Can you guys hear me? I think I yeah, 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 we good. can hear you, Tom. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to say that... The rules are the rules. They're very clear. Uh, everybody agreed to them. I get that. But at the end of the day, if following the rules results in the party, uh, like a third of the party staying home and us losing the general, I'd rather win than be right. So you don't disagree with us. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, I don't disagree with the rules, but yeah. I'm saying, hey, I'm trying to get the Oval Office. I'm trying to take the White House uh, away from this madman. And- yeah, and I, and basically a third of our party is 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 saying, hey, if we don't get our guy who is the, who had the most delegates, we're just not we're going to take yeah. our ball, go home, and not play anymore. Well, it's like, oh shoot, well we need to fill the team. Well, yeah. and, and fine, you can be captain. there. The people that will be thinking about things in a brokered convention have to have that in mind. Well, and you have to keep in mind the delegates are representing the people who they're representing the people who elected them. And the, the, those people are supporters of the candidate who they voted for, right? So, like, I mean, they, they, it's, you could call it elitist, I guess, but most of the delegates are just people like you and me who just decided to, you know, be a delegate for Biden or Warren or whoever. Um, and anybody who wants to can, can, you know, run to be a delegate. It's not that difficult, right? So, like, I, I, don't, I don't really see that as elitist. I, I, do, think, I do think Tom makes a, an interesting strategic point. And I, I, I wanted to also kind of agree with you, Corey, a little bit, where you were saying that the, the socialist thing might not hurt Sanders as much as some people think. Um, I actually think in terms of winning the Electoral College, you very well might be right. And this is based on, <laughs> this is based on, it's exactly the same reasoning why I call Trump a, a national socialist, and I call his, his hardcore supporters, not the ones who are reluctantly voting for him, but his hardcore, hardcore supporters I call racist socialists. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is um, the white working class in this country, which is a really important demographic in terms of winning the electoral college right now, just because of the way that the population happens to be divided up, um, they are economically lefty. You know, and the only reason some of them are for Trump and some of them are for Sanders is some of them are more sexist and homophobic and racist than some of the others. That's really it. Right. And so in terms of the Electoral College, Sanders very well might do fine. And the fact that he comes right out and says, I'm a socialist could actually um, in terms of the bump of the, uh, the EC could actually be good for him. It's, it's kind of like, you know, Nixon, Nixon got in trouble in part because it was another time. But also in part because he put on this face of respectability and then behind the scenes, he was this crook, right? Whereas Trump doesn't even pretend to be respectable. He's just blatantly, unapologetically crooked. And people say, well, he's a crook and he's an asshole, but he's our crook. He's our asshole. He's fighting for what I want. So I'm going to stay with him. Similarly, people might, might not like somebody who pretends to be a capitalist who is secretly a socialist, they might look down on that as being, you know, deceptive. 
and 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 oppose it for that reason. But here's Sanders. He's saying oh, I am a socialist, right? So I, I I think in the electoral college core, you could very well be right. The place where it's going to be a huge problem for the Democratic Party if Sanders is the nominee is going to be holding on to the seats in the House um, that were in historically Republican areas that have swung Democrat because of the fact that they're alienated because, you know, sub educated suburban housewives are, are, are alienated by Trump. Those same people don't like Sanders. So yes, Trumpkins like Sanders. So Sanders might be able to win the EC, but affluent, educated liberals don't like Sanders or Trump. And he's going to lose the house. Um, if he doesn't lose it, you know, right so, away, it's, it's, it's going to, the, the Democrats are going to have a really hard time holding on to seats in more conservative parts of the country. Well, I'm super excited about what Andrew, uh, I expect him to do. I don't know, but I'm super excited about him uh, supporting kind of grassroots, congressional, mayoral, gubernatorial, senatorial candidates who are advocating UBI and democracy dollars and stuff like that. I think he's playing the long game. And if we get more folks talking about it, so it's not just one, you know, one candidate, um, these ideas will become mainstream over time, the way that uh, public option was considered super radical, you know, 10 years ago. And now it's kind of like the moderate option. It's the great, exactly. Yeah, right? amen. Yep. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about if Biden does have like a, a, a wicked, like strong outcome in Super Tuesday, that's certainly the best thing for Yang if we want to see Yang in an administration. I'm not sure that Bernie would put uh, Yang in as prominent a place as Biden would. I'm pretty um, sure he wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like if we had to sum up the last six weeks in two words, oh boy. <laughs> pretty much right. The thing that bothers me the most is watching Yang Gang implode so quickly. Um, but you know what? Here's what, what I'm here's, not seeing that. Like I see, oh, like, I see, I see the low-level human splintering, but like that's what... They do. I'm not going to use the word plebs because I always bust your balls for doing that. I think, I think what's happening is it's dividing. It used to, Yang was the glue that was kind of holding Yang Gang and Humanity First together. Yeah. Um, and by which I mean the people who are Yang Gang but not Humanity First are the cult of personality people. Um, you know, so they're Fair the enough. ones who are saying, like, I'm going to go vote for Trump. I'm going to go vote for Bernie or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. like, the, the actual humanity first people understand that Yang is just a guy and that the most of the ideas weren't even his to begin with. Right. He just, he aggregated just, them. He, he, he's a person who brought them into the mainstream political conversation, which is an enormously valuable contribution. I'm not downplaying that at all, but we need to get past the uh, cult of personality of Yang and and so yeah i think i think that yang dropping out is going to make us lose the people who are just there for the yang personality cult and every pol every pol political candidate has some percentage of people who are like that i guess a lot of humans vote for politicians based on like do i like him do i trust him do i like his hair yeah. do i think he's handsome Fuck and right and you know so but um those people are dumb and we don't need them anyway we, yeah, humanity that, first, we'll keep going. Yeah, I guess like I'm really focused on because I keep thinking, okay, who are we gonna get on the on the podcast? Yeah, 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 right. And I'm like, I'm 
while I have failed at this a number of times this week, like I'm really trying to have conversations only with people that are doing the work. Like if you're not running for something or actively promoting something, your opinions don't fucking matter at all. I'm sorry. They just don't. Right. If you're not doing the work, what you think doesn't matter to me. It might matter to someone else. just doesn't matter to me. So connecting with the people that are working with UBI caucus, connecting with the people that are doing fair vote. Like these are all people that are humanity first to their bones and are doing the work still right now with the running, they're building infrastructure, they're networking, you know, they're, they're, they're doing all these things that, that to me feels like humanity first is gaining strength, not losing it. Uh, but I can see like just on straight numbers, you know, I, I suppose it's possible that, uh, uh, that, you know, it's sort of losing the, the kind of mass appeal, but so be it. We pare down to what's actually working. Right. Well, I mean, in terms of the, the, the thing is there's a lot of different ways of getting the policy passed. Um, and electing Andrew Yang president is just one of those, right? right. Yeah. So people who people who think like we have to give up on UBI, I mean, honestly, I think most voters don't pay any attention to policy at all. Really, I don't think so. Um, policy is something that is going to happen behind the scenes in an administration. Joe Biden is exactly the sort of politician who will hire experts like Yang to write policies um, and not policies for him to run on, um, but policies to actually pass when he's doing the work. Unlike Donald Trump, Biden wants to be president to do the work, right? Not because of ego. He wants to be president to do the work. And, and once he's in there, he's going to say, you know, he's a humble guy. He's going to say, I'm not an expert on most things, right? <laughs> basic like the time like since da vinci's day there it hasn't been possible to be an expert on most things it's not a thing right. you can do right what are you trying thinks about? That trump, he's the, the trump, trump thinks he's trump thinks that he knows better than the experts about everything yeah which is why he's a fucking idiot right you know um i think it was uh einstein said the more i learn the more i know the less i know right that's what a truly wise person says not I'm the best. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at that. I can curl more than you. I, you know, like what the fuck Trump is a, he's a clown. Um, Biden is the sort of person who is going to put somebody like Yang in a room and say, figure out how to make this UBI thing happen. And we'll get it in front of Congress. I really believe that. I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and, and again, you know, while like, I, I also agree that Bernie Sanders is less likely to do that. Well, because he's dogmatically committed to a different ideology. Biden I, is not thing, ideological. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think was, Biden is non-ideological. I really do. I think Biden is a pragmatist. Hey, he's, oh, that's, that's possible. I mean, the thing is, like, Bernie Sanders was explicitly for UBI the equivalent of 10 astro, astronomical minutes ago, right? Like, it, it's, it's not like he's never considered the idea. Um, he's just trying to go for things that working people understand. Like, he, he said explicitly a couple, three years ago that he was completely and totally considering UBI, right? What I he's saying he now... said that he was considering nope. it. Well, it, like, he, he, as, a, as a plausible idea, it's not like it's necessarily... But now he's like, oh, I have a better idea. We well, he, what he's saying now, and this is obscene to me, quite frankly, and I think it misses the point, but I, I don't think it's, it's evil. I just think it's intellectually wrong. Um, okay. That takes us back to our ethics argument. Well, you okay. have to have good intentions and be smart. He's only have, well, he only has one of those. We were things. a little bit contentious around that, but <laughs> yeah, uh, stipulated. Well, like, look, well, what if, saying, if you do, if you do think saying, of it, if you do think of it like a science, right? Then 
implicit in that is that people who are really good at scientific kinds of thinking are going to be better at making actually moral decisions. Yeah, they. I, I'm, I don't want to make a dichotomous moral or immoral. I would say that you are, that position is more moral. Let's put it that way. What I was Much trying more. to say before yeah. we got deeply fucking sidetracked <laughs> is that... Uh, uh, I think that what he's saying now is basically like, we can think about UBI, but we have to do the Green New Deal first. And I guess he seriously in his head thinks we need an army of people working and that's how we get everybody out of the poorhouse. Which again is like, that speaks to, to you know, his... his and you know what? I'm fine with that back. as long as I don't have to pay for it. That's the thing. If it's going to involve my so taxes going up... As long as it's a vat, he's like, him. fine. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, if we want to, if we want to trap the poor in a permanent underclass where they have to work for the state, have at it, Bernie Bros. And honestly, this is the thing. Like the second I started to understand what your argument about why Republicans might actually be for the federal jobs guarantee, because uh, it's just like workfare. Everything you've ever said about socialism just like turned to shit. Because that's not what it is. It's well, garbage. It's garbage. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, he's totally a socialist, except that means all Republicans are too. What? So what? maybe Sanders is a Trojan horse for kleptocracy then. <laughs> he's like, actually, even not even kleptocracy, actual oligarchy where there is a permanent overclass. Because well, that's and, what and the, the federal you know, jobs guarantee is. Like, well, it was kind of like when I said he was a puppet of corporations. Um, you know, so he's a Trojan horse for kleptocratic oligarchs. And he's a puppet of corporations, but he's not a willing one. But you know what? Trump doesn't have to be a willing puppet of Putin to be a puppet of Putin. Can confirm. Right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, looking at the, the second and third order results of these policies, um, it, it, gets, it gets super weird really fast. And, and again, like in a non-Yang universe, it's still 10 times better than any idea a Republican currently has. For me, right? Like, because they don't have any ideas. To them, it's like, no, poor people, go fuck yourself. That's literally their whole thing. If you're unhealthy, please die fast because you'll put less pressure on the insurance industry and then our friends can make more money. That's the Republican idea, period, right? So everything Bernie Sanders is saying is 100 times better than that. But at the same time, in the Yang universe where you've seen something that is 1,000 times better than all of it, it all, like, the scale is all weird, right? There's, like, completely and totally useless. Why do we have to go back to ideas that were barely working 20 years ago? Or let's move into the motherfucking future. Like, that's how it feels to me. Remember, like, 50 episodes ago, I said, you know how you can tell somebody's not really a conservative? It's if they're complaining about the fact that things aren't changing fast enough, right? It's like, by definition, conservatives are people who are primarily concerned with preserving the status quo, or at least right. preserving certain aspects of the status quo, right? Conservatives can be in favor of progress, but they want it to be done intelligently and incrementally in order to avoid throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Yeah. And so, like, a, a, an actual conservative isn't necessarily someone who just votes a straight Republican ticket. It could be more like um, Andrew Sullivan, you know, who said, like, I voted for uh, Bill Clinton because I thought it was very important to, re to reward the Democratic Party for moderating itself and moving to the center, right? So um, some, it, it could be somebody who says, gosh, Donald Trump, we didn't think he was gonna win. We thought Hillary Clinton was gonna win, so we voted for Republicans in Congress in order to you know, curb her. But since you know, 
shock and awe, like, where well, I don't know, I guess shock and awe sounds sarcastic. You know, like genuinely shockingly, Trump actually got elected, goddammit. So now, so now we are going to vote for uh, Democrats for Congress in order to make sure he can't get anything done. There is a whole school of thought in American politics based on the argument that you should want to put as many obstacles in the way of radical change as humanly possible. Um, and those people are, simply aren't going to agree that Sanders' ideas are better than the status quo. Yeah, um, no, I, I, so, I get yeah. that. And, yeah. and my, my whole point is, like, that worldview is deeply unethical because there's people dying <laughs> on the street. Seriously. Right? So like, then the founders were unethical for setting it up that way. The founders the way had the fucking slaves. Up. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right, all right. Right. I mean, okay. again, this is why we can't do the dichotomy. They're immoral or moral as a gestalt, as as a complete entity. Right. Every decision, I think, should probably get its own. Get its own. So, to, so, can we make that explicit? Are you in favor of mob rule, direct democracy, with absolutely no protections of individual rights against the majority? No, of course not. Okay. So then, you mostly agree with the founders, right? The point is, yes, you want things to be able to change. But you want to make sure that when, when the change happens, that right. it's okay, done so as well as possible. You're, you're bringing this up was in response to my, I didn't say conservative, I said Republican, right? Republicans. Oh, I, I am done defending Republicans. Okay, so but that's, so that's, 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 where, that's all that I said. I didn't bring up the word conservative at all. Yeah, fuck the I, Republicans. Like, but like in the context of the political parties, not ideologies, that mm-hmm. have ideas the ideas that the Republican Party currently have is if you're poor, you're fucking going to die and we don't care. If you're homeless, we're going to move you somewhere else. And honestly, like it, human suffering can go fucking suck a dick. You're not going to. It'll be taxes. really interesting to see all of the working class people who voted for Trump get like their Social Security and Medicare cut. That'll be like quite amusing to watch. <laughs> I mean, he keeps saying, no, we're never going to do that while signing bills that would do that. Like that's the well, thing. Like, and, and, and actually now Trump, he's, you're well, gullible. He's, that's just he's actually started saying like you know cutting social security and Medicare would make it a fun second term thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. I don't. I mean, like I think they kind of deserve it. But yeah, no. I, I again not defending the Republicans. Talk about throwing. But I'm just saying like the the, 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 the idea bar. that the implicit in what you said is this. And it relates to what you say about populism, too. You know, about populism, you say, um, well, it's because when you poll the people, a majority of people want this policy and it doesn't happen. Well, in our republic, it's only going to happen if a majority of people in enough congressional districts want it, right? Which means that just having a, a, a national majority is meaningless. If you can't persuade you know, um, college-educated soccer moms in the suburbs to support the policy as well as you know urban urban um people you're not you're, then you're not going to you're not going to get the policy it doesn't matter if the population is is happens to be mostly in the cities instead of the suburbs it that's just that's the way the system works right. and i personally think that's a good thing i i i, I think that so religious simple mob rule direct democracy is okay. not good this breaks down i i agree with you as stated in principle right mm-hmm. But I feel like in a situation where Idaho has 200 times the voting power of basically anywhere else, and it's mostly full of religious zealots, mm-hmm. that's where it breaks down, right? Do you want to be run by the fucking U.S. Taliban? I don't. So there's also a tyranny of the minority, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be led by a bunch of yokels. And by a bunch, yeah. I mean 10. Yeah. Right? Like, why would I want that? Right? So well, I, I, and- I get that we need to be 
judicious about this and I get that there needs to be a balance, but there has been an overbalance for a long time and talking about soccer moms in the suburbs and talking about all these other things does not uh, um, take into account that every single politician, you know, uh, uh, that is taking money from corporations is doing their bidding. That's just and, a known fact. And, and people in their local, in their communities keep voting for that. Yep. It, you know, and, and, until, uh, um, you know. And it might be because a lot of people are fine with it. A lot of people might be like me and they don't actually think it, that taking money it is doesn't, a bad thing. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't break through. And, and I mean, like, especially now, like I'm, you know, I'm entirely prepared to be part of the Faustian bargain to fucking take whatever. And the whole idea that Bernie Sanders is like, we don't need to take any money from Bloomberg. Fuck you. I'm like, okay, if you lose, we will never forget. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And then lastly, um, I would just say to everybody that's in the Yang Gang, that's kind of a supporter of the, the energy when Andrew was uh, actively campaigning, like the ideas haven't changed and the, certainly the problems haven't changed. So um, hopefully we can get as many people that are sharing these um these these goals into dc and they don't have to always be starting at the oval office you know you many times it's the other way around and and yang's young he's not uh he's not 70 something so uh i'm excited to see this is just the beginning and hopefully we'll also be uh doing this this show together and and having conversations on each other's channels for many many years amen that was Bye. inspiring, Todd. Thanks for Hell yeah. Us Thank you, there. sir. <laughs> Humanity Thanks, First is our gumbo. Oh, sorry. Yes. Humanity First is obviously our gumbo. No Nailed question. It. Nailed it. Keep it real, guys. Thanks, Bye. man. Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Rio and I are so excited that the Humanity First movement is moving forward. Something you can do to help is go to movingforwardpod.com where you can find us on social media, read our blog, and support us on the Patreon. Right, Rio? Right. Tommy, um, what's up? Hey, Tom, how you doing? <laughs> I, I'm doing. That's, how that's you my doing? that's my new ringtone for sure. <laughs> You've got a Yang Gang sign behind you. That's interesting, Yang Gang. Is that? Oh yeah. Is that a whale eating a bunch of fish? It is a some sort of lizard uh, uh, shooting out money out of its mouth. <laughs> it's an original, man. You can't you can't buy them. My that's, son did. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. So he sees Yang as like a basilisk that just like <laughs> sprays cash, shoots that's money right. lasers. I think when he <laughs> when he drew it, he was very big into Godzilla, <laughs> and so I think he thinks of Andrew Yang as like Godzilla that shoots money out. Awesome. That's fine. You know that checks out. I'm okay with I'm, that. I'm alright yeah, with that. That doesn't hurt my feelings at all. No. Yeah, man. It would be very helpful in foreign policy to have a Godzilla. <laughs> that shoots this is true. out. This is true. I think they call them <laughs> nuclear weapons. Yeah, but we'd be the only ones with the Godzilla. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. We'd have the advantage there. We won the Godzilla race. <laughs>
<laughs> so how have you guys been, man? What's it, what's it like post New Hampshire for you guys? You know, we're we're moving forward. <laughs> As the name suggests. Yeah, exactly. 